The Chicago White Sox beat the last place Kansas City Royals 4-1 to on Wednesday afternoon. The rain delay could not derail Lance Lynn's outing, and Jose Abreu continues to be Mr. August. The White Sox made only one trade deadline move, and that acquisition has already impressed. The Sox have now won back-to-back home series for the first time since April. They now take their momentum on the road to Texas. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked on White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Morowski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox. Locked on White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Another double-digit hit performance for the White Sox, but where's the extra base hits? Uh, It's very difficult to have an outing halted by a rain delay, uh, but Lance Lynn made it look easy, and Rick Hahn wants you to know that he really, really tried to make the team better. Our Chicago White Sox are 53 and 51. They are still two games back in the AL Central. Uh, Sox beat the Royals 4 to 1 Wednesday afternoon. They won the series. Uh, Sox are now 7 and 3 in their last 10 games. The White Sox have now won two home series in a row for the first time since April and are two games over 500 for the first time since April 20th. Uh, I could not believe that myself. Uh, it seems like a different season, thinking all the way back then. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, Aloy Jimenez, uh, they hit one and two in the lineup again. We're going to talk uh, about that offensive production Uh, and uh, what that has meant for the team in general. Uh, Aloy Jimenez played in his sixth game in a row, uh, which is a good sign. Uh, But first, we're going to get a little more into that uh, trade deadline. Um, Of course, just that one acquisition that we will talk a little bit about, Jake Diekman. Uh, But other than that, uh, Sox did nothing. Uh, Still, a lot of folks uh, extremely confused, uh, aggravated, frustrated, Uh, They feel duped uh, by Rick Hahn front office and the White Sox in general. Uh, And then some more quotes uh, from Rick Hahn that kind of had filtered in, especially from Wednesday's uh, Chicago Tribune. Uh, But we'll start with this quote again about his frustration. Uh, This is Hahn uh, after the trade deadline expired. We're disappointed that we weren't able to do more to try to improve this club. Anyone out there feeling a level of frustration and disappointment, I'm right there with you. Uh, Sure sounds like 
Uh, he was maybe on the outside looking in in a weird way. Uh, he does have the control. Uh, fascinating to me that uh, if they were, again, able to put some sort of serious package together for Shohei Otani, uh, they couldn't They couldn't get you know a lefty bat, maybe another arm uh, with some of the prospects or some of the current roster guys uh, that they had to maybe discuss uh, for a Shohei Otani. I don't know. I know there's a lot that goes into it, uh, but maybe some of this will uh, provide clarity. Uh, this was from the Wednesday uh, Chicago Tribune. Uh, this is Han again, uh, and, and just kind of elaborating on the trade deadline as a whole. Uh, it was a different market this year, Han said. I don't know if it was a byproduct of having more playoff teams uh, than there have been in the past or a byproduct of the wild card round being a best of three as opposed to more of a coin flip game that sort of led to sellers perhaps being a little bit more aggressive in terms of their asking prices. Uh, there were some players that people thought we uh, were probably going to get moved that uh, wound up not getting moved for whatever reason, which is an individual team's choice. But I think the market overall was favorable toward the sellers, and we didn't line up. We're not afraid to be aggressive. We're not afraid to have a priority list and go right down the list and at some point settle on the right appropriate price for the exchange. At no point do I feel through this process that we were prospect clutching in any way, that we were being unreasonable. We were asked by many of our premium prospects in exchange for rentals that didn't exactly line up from our perspective or make sense for not only this team, but also the future. Sitting in this chair, you do bear responsibility for today, but also responsibility for tomorrow. And at times, those two can be in conflict, especially when it comes time to talk about trades or taking on future economic ob obligations. But I do think that our track record shows that when there's an opportunity to improve the present, we've moved on it. Unfortunately, we didn't have additional opportunities beyond Jake Diekman the last several days. Uh, so, yeah, a lot to really go through in that. Um, I thought the part where he's talking about uh, being asked for many of the Sox premium prospects in exchange for rentals that didn't exactly line up from our perspective or make sense for not only this team, but also the future. Well, again, devil's advocate, what if one of those rentals uh, happens to be a guy that you know can spring this team uh, on a roll. I don't know, changes the culture in a way, and, and the Sox can not only win the division but maybe get out of the first round. Is that is that enough uh, for giving up some of these prospects that may not pan out to anything? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's it just again, it, it, kind of shaking your head as a Sox fan. Uh, I understand it from a lot of different angles, and folks, I have read so much about. Uh, you know, his his reasoning. But the frustration for me as a Sox fan, as a season ticket holder, is absolutely uh, there. Rick Hahn talked a little bit about swagger and the team needing to get their swagger back. Uh, uh, the players have commented on it as of recently, and the play uh, has definitely improved. Haven't seen Luis Robert uh, back in action. He was activated, but he still did not play on Wednesday. Uh, according to Tony LaRusa, the plan for Luis Robert is to DHN Thursday, 
uh, play outfield Friday, be off on Saturday, and outfield again on Sunday. Uh, we have heard so many different plans for Luis Robert over the last, I feel like, week to 10 days. So I'm not really believing too much of this until I actually see him not only in the lineup, but I actually see him come up to bat in Thursday night's game against Texas. Uh, this is Han regarding Robert. Uh, at least through the double header in Kansas City next week, and that's on Tuesday. We're going to have to govern his usage a little bit. Uh, there was not a normal rehab assignment in this case. We have to be a little careful with the amount we ask of Luis early on. Uh, speaking of some other health issues, Gavin Sheets was scratched from, from Wednesday's lineup after suffering a bruised ankle trying to make a catch in right field on Tuesday night. Uh, there was some talk from Larusa that maybe Gavin Sheets could pinch hit, but that was never an opportunity. We did not see him in the game on Wednesday. And say what you will about Gavin Sheets. Uh, if, if he is a guy that you want to keep around, you didn't make a move for a lefty bat, so Gavin Sheets is your guy. Uh, well, here is the problem, pushing him out in right field to play a position he should not be playing is he could potentially get injured, and there goes your lefty bat. That is why he is a DH, maybe a first baseman, but with all the other players that need DH spots, it is an absolute log jam. Uh, I was hoping maybe the Sox would move away from Gavin Sheets uh, because of everything I just mentioned and beyond, uh, but they're sticking with him, uh, but they have to keep him healthy, so I don't know if putting him out in right field uh, is just an option moving forward on a regular basis. Uh, time will tell on that. Uh, the Sox needed a quality start from Lance Lynn, and I'm going to tell you why it was such an impressive outing. More on that in a moment. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, online jeweler Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. A Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Uh, save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus, every order is insured ships free and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Well, since the White Sox uh, pretty much sat on their hands at the deadline, um, I think I personally am feeling good about Dylan Cease, of course, and and Johnny Cueto, and 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 maybe even Michael Kopech. Uh, you know, I'm on the fence on on Lucas Giolito. He's got to still you know prove a lot more to me. Uh, but we need Lance Lynn to be healthy and return really to his first half of 2021. You know, he's a little bit older. He's coming off some knee issues. I don't know if that's possible, uh, but his last few starts have been uh, favorable. 
Uh, first inning, we knew that there was some storms coming. Uh, we had a sense of, if not, you know, how bad the storms were going to be more of like, well, when, when was this actually going to happen? And, uh, the wind was whipping, you know, humid. And then the dark clouds started rolling in rather early, but first inning Lance Lynn, uh, he gets the first two batters out and then struck out Perez to end the inning. Hey, 13 pitches, nine of them were strikes, a nice sharp first, uh, again, second inning, two quick outs, uh, to start things off, uh, Lance Lynn with his third strikeout, then six up six down as Lance Lynn with his fourth strikeout to end the inning. Uh, and then unfortunately, as the Sox were batting in the bottom half of the inning, uh, there was the rain delay and it came in fast too. Uh, Benetti and stone were talking on the telecast that, well, based on the radar, I think it's going to miss guaranteed rate field. And then all of a sudden, boom, out of nowhere, uh, some, some heavy downpours, uh, it didn't last very long, thankfully, uh, but it did take some time for Roger Bossard and his team to get the field uh, back in a condition uh, where I think Lance Lynn was comfortable with. You know, And there was a lot of talk during the rain delay of maybe he's not going to come out. It was an hour, a little over an hour rain delay. And it's such a difficult thing to ramp yourself up in the pregame, you know, get going uh, into a rhythm. And he was pitching and he was pitching well. Uh, and granted it was only two innings, but still he was locked in and then to just be idle and no one, and I don't know, maybe he was playing catch, hopefully doing something, you know, out of the eyes of the cameras, uh, to stay fresh, but he comes out in the third and he definitely did not look as dominant as he did before the rain delay, uh, issues with the landing spot on the mound were of concern. And, you know, look, I uh, th this is where my baseball experience is uh, obviously played little league and, and, and through middle school, play, played in high school, pitched all four years in high school, pitched a year in college. And I'm telling you, the the mound maintenance is a real issue. Uh, your landing spot is a pitcher where your foot lands. That is a big deal. Um, there's a lot of reasons why pitching at home uh, was important for me, but I did not, uh, I was able to use the mound first uh, as a home pitcher. So I could kind of set where the landing spot was going to be. And of course, there's always a little tinkering here and there, but it was definitely an issue for Lance Lynn after the rain delay. Roger Bossard had to come back out. Ethan Katz, the entire umpire crew, big meeting as Lance Lynn was pointing out some areas that he just was not able to land properly at. Uh, but he, he pitched around the mound issue. He got out of the inning, no problem. Uh, fourth inning, Lynn gets back into that groove. No real issues. Uh, I was, you know, a little worried about the wet conditions. Uh, if the landing spot is an issue, how is that going to affect his knee? But so far, you know, through the fourth, good signs. Fifth inning, a very nice inning as well. Through five, he only gave up two hits, uh, six strikeouts, zero walks, and he had 73 pitches. Uh, sixth, might have been a mistake to Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, I don't think he wanted... Uh, that breaking ball where it was in the inner half. And Bobby Witt Jr., he is an exciting young young baseball player. He did not miss that. Uh, Royals got on the board. That was a solo home run. So it was 4-1 socks at that point. Uh, Lynn got out of the six without giving anything else up. Lynn's final line, very impressive. Six innings, uh, four hits, one earned run, zero walks, eight strikeouts. Uh, Lynn's got his ERA at 5.87.
Again, I wouldn't pay too much attention to that, honestly. I, I think we're going to get almost splits on Lynn. I kind of, uh, after he got into a groove, uh, feeling comfortable after the injury, uh, I think there's going to be a different Lynn. It's starting to trend in that direction right now. Uh, he threw 89 pitches, though, Wednesday afternoon, and again, overcame uh, an hour-plus rain delay, which was extremely impressive. Uh, a good outing for Lynn and very promising uh, for Sox fans. A seventh inning, we saw Jake Diekman come into the game. He pitched Tuesday night, and here he is Wednesday afternoon. It is nice to have a relief pitcher that can throw back-to-back games. Uh, he's got my vote of confidence already. He had a tidy one, two, three inning, which was great to see. Uh, like we expected, we didn't see Kendall Graveman on Tuesday, and Graveman came in uh, for the eighth. Uh, had some nasty stuff working, a lot of movement on his pitches. It was a clean inning. And then again, Hendricks didn't see him Tuesday, so he sure enough pitched on Wednesday, and he nailed it down for his 21st save in 24 opportunities. The White Sox are finally getting consistency from some of their core players. And why is Jose Abreu changing everything around him? Uh, more on that in a moment. If you haven't tried Built Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs uh, they have a light and chewy texture real cookie dough chunks and of course they're covered in 100 percent real chocolate all of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it plus it's healthy for you cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein uh, in them like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're delicious and tasty. Uh, Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. Uh, what's great about Built is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that's good uh, for you and tastes good as well. Uh, you are going to love the new Cookie Dough a chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, uh, Built is the perfect protein bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Uh, use promo code LOCKED15. So uh, the, the offense for the Chicago White Sox, you know, they, they put up nine runs Tuesday. And if you've been a White Sox fan for a certain amount of time, and, and maybe even recently, if you've been paying attention, when the Sox score eight, nine, 10, they start getting into the double digits. The next day, especially if it's a day game, uh, they seem to come out completely flat. And they have one of the games like they had on Monday, uh, one or two runs, not a lot of hits. Uh, just looked lifeless. Uh, and I was worried about that. But first inning, the Sox did not uh, disappoint. Kansas City was throwing Singer. He had been pitching well. So there was a little bit of doubts uh, coupled with the fact that the Sox scored a lot of runs uh, Tuesday night. First inning, Andrew Vaughn with a single. Aloy Jimenez follows with a base hit. It was his sixth in the series at that point. Runners on first and second with one out, and Yoan Mancata with the third hit of the inning. Quickly, one nothing 
uh, White Sox. Then the skies did open up and, and kind of out of nowhere because uh, Benetti and Stone were tracking things. Uh, some winds must have shifted. Uh, heavy downpours coming. A tarp on the field. Roughly an hour uh, rain delay. A little bit more than that. Third inning. Sox get back to work. Uh, Kansas City's Brady Singer stayed in the game just like uh, our Lance Lynn. Tim Anderson led things off with a base hit in the third. Aloy Jimenez gets his second hit of the day, seventh of the series. And then Jose Abreu, Mr. August, three-run blast. It's 4 nothing. White Sox. Got to love that three-run home run. Uh, it's early still uh, in August, but Abreu continues to live up to his reputation in the month of August, his second home run of the series. Uh, take some time to appreciate Jose Abreu, folks. Uh, who knows what tomorrow is going to hold? And speaking really of after this season, uh, his contract's up. There's no guarantee. Uh, will the Sox bring him back? Will he test free agency? Will he want to try to win a championship? It doesn't happen this season. Will he just say, you know what? I'm done. I'm retiring uh, as a White Sox, I, I, I don't know. Uh, so appreciate what's going on right now because, again, it's early in August, but I feel like we're getting some vintage, uh, some classic Jose Abreu. August is absolutely his best month. Uh, fifth inning, Andrew Vaughn leads the inning off with his seventh hit of the series. Aloy Jimenez follows up with his third hit of the game. That one-two punch has been great uh, as of late. Uh, eighth of the series for Jimenez. August Abreu continues the hit parade. Base is loaded. Nobody out. Yohan Mankata strikes out. A.J. Pollock hits him to a double play. Sox are 22nd in the league when it comes to bases loaded offense hitting 240. That has been a major uh, problem uh, for the White Sox. And unfortunately, continue. That was the end of scoring after the uh, third. Nothing doing. Thankfully, Sox pitching was able to hold the Royals. Uh, Sox offensive final line, four runs, 12 hits, two walks, six strikeouts, only one extra base hit. I think that's frustrating. Uh, if you nitpick about anything, it continues to be the runners in scoring position. And, hey, 12 hits, but only one extra base hit, and it was that home run from Abreu. Sox were three for 12 with runners in scoring position. For the series, Andrew Vaughn, seven for 12. Aloy Jimenez in the series. 8 for 11 with 4 RBIs. Now, he was hitting in front of Abreu during the series, uh, which I think he benefited from. Uh, Jose Abreu in the series, 4 for 13, 6 RBIs and 2 home runs. Anderson, Vaughn, Jimenez, Abreu, that is how they matched up. 1, 2, 3, 4. I got a lot of offensive production out of those guys. How will Robert fit into that? Uh, when he finally gets some playing time in Texas, that'll be interesting to see. Johnny Cueto goes for the Sox on Thursday against the Rangers. Rangers are 46 and 58. So another team under 500 that the Sox should uh, fare well against. They need to. Uh, Texas is throwing a pitcher uh, that is making his major league baseball debut. Usually not a good sign for the Sox, but I have faith in Johnny Cueto. Uh, thanks so much, folks, for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at 
Locked on Socks, and you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Thanks for making Locked on White Sox your first listen. Now make your second listen, uh, Locked on MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked on MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I will recap Johnny Cueto's outing and hopefully be talking about a White Sox winner. Really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.